wherever you are right now is not where you have to be. I was worried about what other people would think. But I know there's something to be said here. That's who I am. I can't change that about myself. People see that. I know there's a story to tell. And I felt so ashamed. I was so fearful of what other people thought. I can't live like this anymore. Yeah, you guys were right. This was a bad idea. So let's dive in. The imperfection in me. No filters, no apologies, the real deal. So to everybody out there listening right now, full disclosure, I have been begging Matt for probably three or four months to be jumping on some sort of platform with me. And there's a reason for that. I think it's really important for people to understand the dynamics of a relationship and how to communicate successfully with your partner. It's never just about one person. You know, I could come on a podcast and talk to you guys about what to say and how to act and the things to do in order to create a successful, fulfilling relationship. But the truth is there's always a partner on the other side, right? So, so many of you guys have been asking me to get Matt on to ask you guys um, to answer questions that you guys have been asking. And today it is such an honor because for the first time in forever, I am welcoming Matt into the What is Perfection platform and uh, bringing him on the Imperfection to Me podcast. So Matt, welcome to the show. Yep. <laughs> so let's start with a really simple question. I think this is something that um, a lot of people, for my entrepreneur friends out there who are now breaking into this place of confidence and success, I want to really know from you what it has been like or, or what people need to know about being on the other side of a relationship where the girl is really confident and successful and pursuing her career. How has that been for you? It's fine once you reach that point. It's the the, the, the the breakthrough part that's an issue. The trying and the failures and the trying and the failures and the trying and a step forward and then the trying and the two steps back. Mm. That's the wearing part. It's not once things become consistent and you reach uh, whatever formula you're using that works, it's not an issue. It's it's being on the other side while the other person is going through this uh, roller coaster ride of emotions all the time. That's an issue. Yeah, so this is really interesting because I think no matter what you're trying to achieve, for every woman out there who's really struggling to go after something, even if it's something as simple as trying to um, land a job in a new career or lose weight and reach X amount of pounds, what Matt's kind of describing is like that flow of you know, trying and failing and trying and failing. And um, just to give you guys some background, in the beginning of What is Perfection and launching this company, I, it was a kind of a roller coaster, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> it was really hard. I mean, we spent, I spent a lot of nights crying, right? This is what I remember, but maybe Matt remembers things to be differently. What do you recall about those early months? <laughs> I, I, I recall you trying really hard for a day or two and then saying this isn't going to work and giving up and then trying hard for another couple of days a couple of weeks later and then saying, well, maybe this isn't going to work out or maybe I can't make money doing this and maybe I'll just get a part-time job and I'll only focus on this for a little <laughs> bit at a time. and Oh, my God, Nothing yeah. was consistent. It was just a wildly inconsistent period. Yeah, so to give you guys some really important background here, um, Matt and I are totally different human beings. I mean, I think the way I kind of describe it is like we are a clear representation of the yin and the yang. Like we are so opposite from one another 
you're a man of logic and a man of reason and a man of science and I'm a girl of emotion and passion and you know the strategy is more in your area so I think we spent a lot of time trying to figure out in our relationship how to juggle those two things and how to really get clear about you know where we could support one another I think that's actually a common thing that I've experienced with a lot of my clients when they come to me with unhealthy relationships it's that the woman comes in thinking that she needs to morph the guy into being something that she is I'm outgoing and I put everything out there on the table and Matt is really quiet and to himself and um, I see a lot of relationships where people are trying to mold the other person into who they are right and Matt and I, I think have developed this this sort of respect for one another where we're really different and we embrace that within one another I mean would you agree and do you think that's an important quality in a relationship well I agree I don't know how important it necessarily is I think it depends upon the couple but is it important for us yeah we have wildly different personalities and different outlooks it's if you don't respect the other person's outlook and their personality it's kind of doomed right yeah well I could just stay home and do nothing till the end of time live like a hermit yeah, I could be. I'm one step away from a hermit, um, <laughs> and, and and you're not. You're more of a, a social butterfly. You want to go to the grocery store and make friends with the the the, the cashier at the grocery store. Um, I've done that a couple times. You 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 do, and you talk to people in stores, and you try to drag me into the conversations, and I sit there for thirty seconds, and I just walk away and don't say anything. <laughs> um. I'm much more, I don't know, I'm very comfortable where my world is and I, and I like it the way it is and I don't feel a need to include other people in it necessarily and and I think you want to include other people in your world and that makes it very different. You know, the number of people that I've invited over the house is uh, only a handful, you know, and for a while there it was... Everyone and their mother was coming over every weekend, <laughs> and I just want to sleep. And so that's what they would do. I would just sleep because it's—I don't know—I don't have a—I don't have an interest in being social necessarily. But I think this is kind of important to recognize, like the difference between, um, you know, who we are and kind of what we bring to the table. Because the slowness, you know, I had a question from somebody who reached out and talked about. You know, how do you balance, let me see if I could find this comment, because it was really um, eye-opening for me. It was something about, I'm scrolling through here, oh, um, this girl here who follows what is perfection, she wanted to know tips in getting through the barrier of what men and women don't understand each other, or when they don't understand each other, because of the masculine and feminine energies. And so I think Matt actually does a really good job of, of helping me step into that flow of like, let's calm down, let's relax, like, let's, let's sit on the couch and watch TV, and I'm like, no, we got to do this, 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 and this, like, let's go, let's go, let's go, and I think, you know, having the opposite personality, what would that have, what, have, what would our relationship have been like if I tried to change you, to meet me there, to say, oh, we need to be outgoing, and we need to do this, and looping you in to sort of put the pressure on you to change who you are? I wouldn't do it. 
you know, I think I kind of want to hone in for the audience out there that, like, you should never be masking who you are to change who you are to accommodate somebody or to shift your personality to have it match your partner because I think the opposite energies are really a great quality. Um, would you agree? Yeah, it can be. I think it involves its own challenges, but... So what kind of challenges? What have we faced being so opposite? I take my... Um private time very seriously and so when i get home from work and i want to relax I, I it's my relaxation time that's it end of story we kind of had a little debacle about this recently too i don't know if you want to share that on the podcast but i think that'd be kind of cool just to explain how that how we balance that out we had sort of a disagreement about spending time with each other when we got home and why don't you share a little bit about that Maybe you need to expand upon that because I'm sad it's not sticking in my memory too well. You see, Matt and I have these conversations often, and I think it'd be kind of valuable for anybody out there in a relationship to have these conversations to sort of check in. You know, how are we doing? Like, how are we feeling? What's been going on lately that's kind of upsetting us or fulfilling us? And I don't think Matt even realizes that was what we do, but we do do that. And so we had this conversation recently, and... uh about what we needed from the other that we weren't getting. And Matt brought up the point that uh, he needed more alone time. Right? You remember this? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily a recent thing, though. I think it's something that comes up fairly frequently. I think that we both kind of dive into our old habits after a while. Because I know you like to bombard me when I get home from work. <laughs> And I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk. I don't do anything. I just come home and I decompress for an hour or two. And then I'm all right after that. And you want to just hit me with stuff as soon as I get home. And I'm just like, meh. <laughs> We're very different. We're very different. And I think that's actually a great quality for us. Would you agree? I mean, wouldn't we be kind of screwed if we were both the same person? I don't know if we'd be screwed, but I don't know if we, if we would be able to, to, to balance each other out. You can't balance out if you're both a high-energy, high-energy person, right? Because he'd just be going all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and if the same is true on the opposite side. If, right. If I was you, I mean, we would never get out of the house. No, we'd probably be homeless. <laughs> We would be homeless. Oh my god, I can't even, can't even handle this. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about how we form these beliefs and these personality traits. I think it's always kind of important to recognize when you come into a relationship, like where you guys come from and what backgrounds and experiences you've had that sort of bring you to where you are, right? And so Matt and I have both been in relationships prior to joining together and being in a relationship. And we also saw our parents. Our parents had very, you know, distinguished relationships compared to one another. I mean, they were very drastic in how Matt's making a face now. But they had very, they were very drastic. You know, Matt had two really loving, affectionate, beautiful parents that loved each other, um, respected each other, growing all together. And I don't. I have two parents who are now getting divorced. And so the, the opposite end of the spectrum I mean do you think your parents played a large part in the relationship that you have now I think about it and I think it does <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think about it all the time 
let's talk about what is um, sexy to a guy. I mean, you recently, a while back, I think in like the early days of what is perfection, you wrote an article on our website um, about what men really thought of women in their bodies and their sense of confidence. Um, and I want you to really, if you can, take a moment to sort of reflect on that. Like, what is it that a guy really longs for in a woman, or at least you? I'm speaking for myself here, right? I'm not speaking for every man, of course, but my general opinion is that women generally do things for other women in terms of how they dress and the makeup and all that stuff. Oh, I love, wait, wait. Okay, so let's just pause there because that's really important. So tell me, like, three fashion trends that you've seen that, like, totally do not interest men at all whatsoever. I couldn't name one fashion <laughs> trend. It's, women just do things for other women. I mean. Like what, we're all lesbians out there? Just like. You're all lesbians. <laughs> no. no, I mean, it's like if we go out to dinner or something and you see someone with a nice purse or something, you'll comment nice purse. I don't give a shit about her purse. Yeah. I don't give a shit about her skirt or her shirt or her shoes or anything. I don't give a shit about any of that. So what do men give a shit about if you don't care about how they dress or how they look? Well, you know you care about how they dress and you care about how they look. I'm not telling everyone to dress frumpy and, and, and I don't know, homely and all that shit. I'm just saying, like, in my opinion, if you dress the way you're comfortable with, it exudes confidence. And if you dress the way, and that could be, you know, with the high heels and the short skirts and all that stuff. I mean, that's if that's you, it's you. But if it's not you, I mean, it's pretty easy to pick up on. I mean, it's not a huge, yeah, it's not very well hidden. So our first date, if I were to show up in like high heels and a mini skirt, how would that have gone down? No, I don't know if I would have gone down all right. But... <laughs> so the woman needs to dress how she feels confident, regardless of what the fashion trends are, or right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, I think here? it shows. I think it shows. So how was our first date? I, I showed up in leggings and wintry Uggs and a baggy shirt. It went, was good. It went pretty well. Yeah, it was good. It was, <laughs> yeah. We had a good first date. Yeah. We're here, aren't we? Mm-hmm. That says something. Yeah, we're not right. <laughs> okay, so, so confidence is exuded. Like, you just, like, see it. So I guess what I'm getting at now is that men really like a woman who is confident. Is this? this what you're saying no no I, I men like women i think I'll, I'll speak for myself again because i you can't i can't speak for every guy but you don't have to be confident for a guy to like you you have to be yourself i mean at the end of the day you're going to meet someone and if they're not going to be there's you can only pretend to be someone else for so long have you ever been in a relationship where people pretended to be something no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't really have any relationships either, though. So yeah. it's, it's it's not like I'm a terrible, a great judge of character, but or a great uh, example. Uh, example, yeah. You know, but uh, okay. So you got to be who you are. So if you're insecure, you have to not fake your confidence. Is what you're saying? Well, you can't fake confidence. So what do you define? I confidence think you either as? have it or you, or you either have confidence or you don't. Do I have it? Yeah. Okay. In some ways I do, in and in some, some ways, ways I do, don't. In a lot of ways you don't. Yeah. I mean, I think that's typical with most people. I mean, Are you confident in all areas? Probably not. Okay. 
I think this is a common misconception that a lot of women have is that when they see an attractive man or they and you're very attractive for people listening on the podcast, he is so sexy. Oh my god. So it's a common misconception though for women because they think that men when they're not emotional or they're not um you know vulnerable that they're automatically really 100% confident and they have their they just are so wrapped up in themselves right and this I don't think this is true I think men are always insecure at some level do you agree but I mean to some degree you cannot be 100 nobody can be 100% confident 100% no I I don't think I don't think anyone's ever 100% confident I think so they say right confidence is uh is is if you know what the outcome is going to be and so you go and you do something because you know what the outcome is going to be and faith is when you don't have a clue what the outcome is going to be but you do it anyway Right, and so there's a difference between people who have faith or whatever word you want to put in it and confidence is, is they, they kind of visualize themselves or exert themselves in the same way. And so you could have someone who's not confident, I think, but just has faith that, you know, even if it doesn't work out, it's fine. It don't matter. And so they just go forward and it seems like they're confident, but they're not really confident. They just don't care. It just, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And so it's very easy to hide a lack of confidence through just faith or, 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 or uh, I'm trying to think of a better word for it, but hope or hope or no, no, I won't say hope. Hope is hope is hope is for people that don't have a plan. Uh, hope is for people that just are trying to do something and they have no intention of putting an effort towards it. So trust or maybe I mean it's just. It, you know, if you're going out with someone, if someone gives you a, a date who you never thought you had a chance with, you're going to go out there with a lack of confidence because you don't feel that you're supposed to be with this person or whatever, right? But you don't care because you're with that person. So it's a very different mindset in my opinion. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be confident about it because you think it might not work, but yeah. who cares? You already got yeah. this far. So this is really beautiful. So this is the dis- the distinction between. I'm getting teary. I'm just thinking about this because it's really kind of eye opening for me. It's it's not about exuding confidence or being cocky or being full of yourself. It's actually about just kind of trusting that whatever is supposed to work out is going to work out, and you you know, you kind of are who you are, right? I mean, is that? Yeah. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, when we first went on our first date, I had the plan that if it doesn't work out, I was just going to go <laughs> to the car show. <laughs> And so I didn't care. It didn't matter if it didn't work. It it really didn't. Because if it didn't work out, I would have went to the car show. I would have had a great day in the city anyway. I would have met a girl. It wouldn't have worked out. I would have went to the car show. I would have seen all these great cars. It would have been great. And I would have went home. Yeah. It don't matter. He didn't go home. So there's a different... No, I didn't go home. (laughs) Yeah, that awkward phone call with my mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I'm staying in the city yeah. with a stranger. Yeah, that was an interesting conversation. But we had a great time. We so yeah. and I think what you're saying is really speaking to me because I remember our first date and I remember kind of thinking the same thing. It was like, okay, well, and we met on the internet, guys. For those of you who don't know, and we went in and we went on this date and I had the same thought. It was like, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, who gives a shit? Like free drinks, free dinner, no, fun time. You know, and we just went into this approach of being kind of ourselves and just let's see if we connect. And I think that's really cool that you see that. So it's not about the confidence or faking confidence. It's about, it's about just kind of having that hope that 
things are going to work it's, out before this poster. Right. If you're, if it's not the end of the world, it's if if at the end of the day things didn't work out with us, I would have had a great day still. Yeah. I I, I would have. So who cares? <laughs> you know, that's really what it comes down to. But what about for people who put all their eggs in one basket? I mean, like now we are so far gone past that first date. We're now in a point where we we're in an intimate relationship. We're in it for the long haul. We have a house. We have little puppies, little fur babies of our own. You know, we've developed this sort of these roots in our relationship. So what if this didn't work out? Then what? That's different, right? Well, it's a little different. I don't know why you would approach it any differently. What do you mean? Well, I approached our date the same way I think you we, we, we should approach anything, which is I, I wanted it to work out, and I want it to work out. So it's not like I'm putting a half-ass effort into it. Yeah, I think women tend to have this fear when they've been hurt over and over again, and then they come into a relationship, and it's like, okay, well, now what? Like, now what if I get hurt? What if I... What if he rejects me? What if he takes advantage of me? What if this? What if that? You know, what do you say to women who treat relationships like that? Well, it would suck. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I mean, that's life. I mean, I mean, shit happens. I mean, shit happens, right? Yeah, but does I it... got. I mean, I got hurt. You got hurt. Yeah. People get hurt. Yeah, they do get hurt. We're a little farther down the line. So at this point, I think if for, for us, if we don't recognize the, the, the fact that we... We st- if we still think we're going to get hurt, we're in trouble, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the way to look at but it. But sometimes I do think I'm going to get hurt. Sometimes I do worry. Like, well, what if... You yeah, know, but um... your, your, your fears are, are manifested in your head. Yeah, that's true. So men don't... You don't do that. You don't put these worries... Or... Oh, I, I, I don't. Like, when you proposed to me at any point, did you feel like, well, what if this doesn't work out? Like, I'm banking on this. What if? No, I didn't think that at all. I was just wondering if this, because it was a pretty fucking shitty proposal, if we're being honest. It was right? pretty bad. It, it it wasn't over the top or anything. I was more concerned with the the, the blowback from, and and how adequate the proposal was than anything else. That was it. Yeah. So how? Let's tell the audience how you. So we bought a house, right? We bought this house and. Um, Matt and I had talked about getting engaged beforehand. We went out and picked a ring and like, you know, we kind of knew that it was something that was happening, but we were waiting for, I was waiting for a romantic gesture. I wasn't waiting for shit. (laughs) So we were like, okay, so we were in the process of finding homes. We found this house and I was so excited for this house. But then when it came down to actually making the deal on it, I wasn't excited and Matt said to me, he's like, well, why aren't you happy? Like, why why do you kind of reserved? And I said, I don't know. It just feels like it's your house because, like, we're not engaged and we're not married. And, like, I don't feel like we're buying our home. I feel like you're buying a home and I'm going to live there with you. And he's like, okay. Well, here's a ring. Why don't you marry me? <laughs> like, well, it was, it was a little better than that. It wasn't that, that was, bad. That was pretty much it. That was... Oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Yeah, so let's talk about men and romance because this is also such an interesting topic. Um, men being romantic and, yeah, that doesn't – I think women have this very high expectation, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I even brought it into our relationship in the early stages of, like, you know, what we expect a man to do and what we expect a man to say and how we expect a man to act. And it's all this, like, 
woo-woo romance stuff that, like, you just don't, you're not like that, right? Well, I'm not. No. No, he's not. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are. I'm not. So, that stinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, why are you not like that? So, for anybody out there who I guess is going through a relationship where the guy's not really romantic or super passionate or really, you know, heated. Right. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? Like, why are you not that way? Why are those men not that way? Uh, well, I can't, I can't, once again, I won't, I won't speak to other men, but for me, it's just, I, for, for me, romance or, or what is perceived as romance is, yeah, maybe that sounds terrible, but <laughs> it, it, it's so corny, I can't bring myself to do some of the things that you would consider romance. Like what? Like what is on your list of corniness? I would not be throwing rose petals at the door or something, <laughs> leaning to the bedroom with candles lit. Like, not in a million years. It is kind of silly, because the girl's going to end up cleaning up all the rose petals, and, like, yeah. that's annoying. I only hope so, huh? <laughs> <laughs> for the record, there was one time where Matt did this with chips, and he just, like, threw all these chips, like, all over the floor. You remember that? No, but I remember I threw them in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And then I had to clean them up. But that was not a romantic gesture. That was you no, being that really obnoxious. <laughs> knocking a bag of chips all over the floor. Okay, so some men are not romantic. So how do we, how do you think I cope with that? I don't know how you cope with that. Mm-mm. Not really. Okay. So I think for, what are you going to say? Well, I think cope is a, is a bad word for it. It is. It's like dealing with it. It's not like it's a defect of mine that I'm not romantic. I think it's a quirk. Yeah. You know, I think it's a better way to, to, to look at it. You know, I, I'm not romantic because I think it's, well, it's not me. It's it's not, you know, this goes back to what I said before. It's it's not me. I'm not going to be someone I'm not. I'm not going to throw rose petals on the, on the floor for you because, I don't know, I, I think that's stupid. You know, you might you might like it, right? But boy, I would be uncomfortable with it. And why would I? Why would I? Why would I do that? And I think I would feel uncomfortable with it. Well, I would be uncomfortable with what you would feel it. Yeah. So like knowing now that that's something that you're uncomfortable with, I would feel uncomfortable with receiving it. Yeah, I'm never gonna do it now that you just said that. <laughs> so it's kind of like the and the energy's always translated. So like, if a guy doesn't feel comfortable doing something. The girl's never going to receive it the way she wants to, right? Like, and if I'm not comfortable doing something, he's not going to enjoy it the way that he wants to if I'm half-assing it, right? I mean, that's just, I think, what it comes down to, right? Yeah, it's the same thing, like I said, with, with women and their confidence and everything. You you dress how you're confident. It's for, yeah. it, you, you sense it. Yeah. It's the same thing. So what what does a man want out of a relationship? I don't have a clue what men. Well, what do you want? <laughs> let's let's talk about. I think Matt is a great. The, I would not be bringing him on this podcast if it was not to serve the greater good. And I think that really he represents a lot of men out there because um, he's the average Joe, except his name is Matt, and he's not average for the record. Let's just take that away. So. No, I don't. I don't think I'm average. 
I think he's the complete opposite of me, which makes me think that he's great to interview because I just, I, I don't think logically. I don't, right? I, I don't think, I don't have a logic brain. No. <laughs> I'm so emotional and I'm so over the top, in, overly sensitive, right? Yes. And, and, and longing for things and in need of things and really overanalyzing things and this is something that so many women do and Matt's on the opposite side of the spectrum so if you could take any advice from Matt it would drastically change your relationship I'm pretty confident considering I'm on the other side but like what what, what do you want from like what is it that a guy looks for in a relationship or what do you look for in a relationship with a woman I look for a best friend Aww, thanks <laughs> I, I don't know if it goes much more beyond that. I mean, there's obviously a physical attraction because I'm not just going to be... <laughs> no, no, like, <laughs> it wouldn't work very well yeah, if we no, were just friends. No, it, it, it wouldn't, but that's what I'm looking for, someone that would be my best friend. That's it. And and also someone you could be intimate with because you're attracted to them too. Well, yeah, I think that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in my eyes, it goes without saying. <laughs> Put it that way. I mean, you never know. Some people fall in love with their best friends and becomes intimate because they're best friends first. Other ways, you know, I think for us, we were kind of like the opposite, where we kind of just jumped into everything at the same time because we met on the internet. Let's talk about online dating. That's interesting. Online dating. Because he did that. That's <laughs> the fucking worst. <laughs> Matt did online dating for a long time before I did, right? You had a couple of dates before me? No. Yeah, you had that one girl that you ditched, I remember. Oh, that wasn't through online dating? That wasn't online dating? <laughs> no, no. I don't remember how I met her. So online dating, <laughs> <laughs> I guess is not his area of expertise. But I do remember that when Matt reached out to me, he had very much personality in his message. He was very himself. I could just tell by the way I was reading it. That goes back to kind of what you were saying. It's not about confidence. It's about being yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was so attracted to it. I'm sorry. I mean, you were very, you know, cute. And and your wording, like the, you know, I don't know. It just seemed like you. And I think when I met you, I felt like I already had known you. And I think that's kind of a good quality of online dating. But that requires some vulnerability, right? I mean, like, we were messaging each other. At any point, were you like, oh, this chick's weird? No. Because I was pretty open with you and talking about stuff. Actually, this goes to a message that Cassie had asked us before we did the podcast. She said she wants to know, how long did it take for Matt to come around about learning the details of your mental illness? And did he ever get upset when you would try to communicate about it? No. What do you mean, no? No, uh, well, uh, why would I get upset? I mean, because it's harder to handle than usual. I'm not a normal girl. I have emotional baggage. Yeah, that makes you very unique. (laughs) 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 Well, many women feel that the emotional baggage they carry, like I'm divorced, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I struggled with mental illness. I had all of this stuff. Uh huh. And so, was that hard for you to deal with at any point? No. Why? Well, I have my own baggage that comes with me. I, why? Why? No. 
But I didn't have to. Did I have to deal with your baggage? I don't think so. I think I did. You just did don't you? realize it. Yeah. No, probably. All right. Well, you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, really, like, when you think about it, did you ever, like, how did you handle that? What did I do that worked for you when it came to, to expressing myself about the stuff I'd been through or having him help me with the things I've been through? Like, what did I do that was good? I don't know, to be honest with you. I think that's a that's a that's a loaded question because everyone reacts differently, I think. I think people who haven't had any issues in their life will react differently to people who have. And so I think there's always a sense of understanding when you can sit yourself on the same page as your partner with these things. Not to say that we've been through the same things, right? But you don't have to go through the same thing to experience the same feelings. So you relate through feelings, not through experiences per se. And so the fact that I could relate to you through the feelings that you've had makes it kind of not as big of a deal to me. Not that it's not a big deal, but it's it's not a showstopper. It's not a shocker. It's not a uh, it's it's not as big of a deal as I think people want it to be. I think sometimes people want things to be a big deal so that they could be like. Ha-ha! I have this <laughs> issue. You know, I'm special. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, you know, we all have issues. You know, everyone has issues. You know, they used to say, like, you know, if, if I took all my baggage, if it, was in a, if it was in a plastic bag, right, and I dumped it on the floor, would you change yours for mine? Probably not. You would always keep yours because you know what it is. Yeah. You would never take somebody else's because you don't have a fucking clue what the hell that's going on in there, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And so I think once you, once, once you realize that Everyone carries baggage, and it is what it is. And it's not that big of a deal. You know, people always have quirks about them. People always have these weird things about them. Every relationship I've always been in, people have always brought. I I, I call them strange. They're not strange, but they're they're things that aren't usual to me and to the relationship. But that doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it weird. It's just it is what it is. And so I think if the other person realizes it is what it is well who cares if they if they're totally turned off by it then i I don't really know what to say i've never come across that situation per se so it's it's a little hard for me to yeah so i think that a lot of the times when people are completely turned off i would you know i would have not said this a couple of years ago in my prior life but i think i've realized it now with just time and growth and also I share a lot so people who do get turned off by it it's because it almost triggers something in themselves it's a part of themselves that they haven't been able to deal with or they're uncomfortable with Um, and I think that's you know totally different than what we're talking about but I think that if you find yourself in a relationship where you can't be yourself and you can't express who you are and you can't share what you've been through then there's a that's a red flag right I wouldn't be happy that's a pretty shitty life. I, well, it goes back to what I think I, we originally talked about. I don't, why would you pretend to be something you're not? Yeah. Well, because I think some women do it because they long for love and they long for connection and they long to be accepted and approved of. And if yeah, they don't but get you it. could always trick someone into loving someone that you're not. Yeah. And if you're looking for a long-term relationship, then I don't think that's the right avenue. Yeah, you're right. So let's go to, I have a couple of questions here. Um, 
Um, let's do this one. What's up with guys? Monique wants to know this. What's up with guys giving mixed signals? And is there anything for us to say or do to get them to stop giving mixed signals? What is that, a trick question? <laughs> well, I mean... When do guys give mixed signals? Like whether Girls give mixed signals. Guys don't really give mixed signals. Did I give you mixed signals? I'm going to say yes, just to stand my ground. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty direct. I'm always, I've always been very direct with you. No, I don't think guys really give mixed signals. They give very clear signals. Everyone gives very clear signals. Yeah, so... If someone's giving you mixed signals, you're probably chasing uh, the, up the wrong fucking tree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all that it is. Yeah, I think... Someone re is really interested in you and everything. I mean, it's pretty fucking obvious. Yeah. If you're not sure... It should be pretty fucking obvious that they're just kind of playing you. That's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, so I used to do this thing before I met you, and this is so embarrassing to me. But, like, if I was, you know, messing around with a guy and, like, we were being intimate, and I wanted to know, like, what we were, instead of being needy and being like, oh, like, what are we? Like, I need to know. I would do this weird thing and be like, so look, like, you know, if we're going to keep screwing, like, I need to be safe. So, like, you got to tell me if you're sleeping around with other women or not. And it was kind of my indirect way of kind of being indirect. Not to say that that's the way to do it, but I think for me back then when I was insecure, I couldn't face the truth of being like, let's just be direct. Let's just be clear about what we want. I mean, being clear about what we want is so super important, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to pee really bad. Okay. So before we wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being direct. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so Pam um, Pam asked this question. She wants to know how do you guys communicate or share your feelings when you feel off or when you've had a fight? And how do you listen to each other's feelings and talk about them? I'll let you take this one. That's an interesting question. Lauren will always let me know if she's feeling... Well, she won't let me know if she's feeling off. She'll let me know if she's feeling angry. She'll act really funky if she's being off and then they probe for a couple of minutes and she says everything's fine and then she'll yell at me that nothing's fine and she'll tell me what's wrong um it's I, so do that it's, it's I, so don't, true. I don't i don't do that at all i generally don't tell lauren anything ever and so if I'm feeling good, bad, or otherwise, I think I generally just appear to be the same for the most part. So I get a little hard to read. Um, mm. And so when we're feeling off about, I'll say, insignificant things or just life stuff that life happens, right? Um, we don't probably do the best job about it, for being honest. I think if there's significant things, I think we do an exceptional job about it because we stop whatever we're doing and we discuss things for lengthy periods of time sometimes um but the most important part about it is uh i think when we let each other speak whatever they say i'm a big believer in saying you know the i statements i feel not that you do this and you do that you know that's a blame statement if i've ever heard one so i always tell lauren don't say you I feel, right? But, uh, I don't know. I think the day-to-day -day stuff we're, we always have work to do. I think everyone always has work to do. I think when they're really big things, 
are not really big things, but things that we perceive to be really big, we do a really good job and we take the time to talk about them and we discuss them. Even if it's at an inconvenient time or whatever, we discuss them because you always feel better afterwards. You know, we've never had a fight where we've left it thinking to ourselves, like, oh my God, this is worse than when we started. I don't think that's ever happened, no, right? No, it's never happened. You know, and I don't think that happens with most people. But I think there's a common misconception that healthy, happy relationships are relationships that never fight, or they never have arguments, or they never yeah, have issues. Yeah, bullshit. It's such bullshit, isn't it? You can't live. You can't live with someone and not ever have an argument with them. Yeah. If you do with the one, one of the individuals is just playing make believe. Yeah. And just this last question from Lauren. Lauren G wants to know. On this topic, I guess, too. How do you forgive your partner after they've done something that you would consider unforgivable? If it's unforgivable, then you... I Well, that's a trick question, right? Because if it's unforgivable, you can't forgive them. I think if you're with the person that you want to be with for the rest of your life, everything is unforgivable conditionally. Mm. That's probably the best way to put it. Ooh, it's not to say that things are everything's forgivable but you know you could fool fool me once and it's my fault right fool me twice it's yours right mm-hmm. and i think it's the same thing so i i think if you re, if you truly believe that you're with the person you're supposed to be with you'll forgive them for this quote-unquote unforgivable thing because they're your partner and people do stupid shit but at the same token if they do it twice well, then you become the fool because then you just kind of followed them. You, you allowed them to do such a thing. I think that expression, though, it's not fool me once, shame on me. Sorry, fool me once, shame on you. Fool, on twi- fool me twice, shame on me. I think it's kind of like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, and if I don't leave, I'm an idiot. I think that's kind of... Or fool me twice and you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of agree with what Matt's saying, too. It's kind of like... You know, everybody makes mistakes, and you need to recognize kind of like is something a red flag or is something just a human error, a mistake, a flaw, a, a glitch. You know, like those things happen, and if you're with somebody forever, you need to be able to receive and respect that. Yeah, if you want to be with them forever, you you can't. People always make mistakes. It's not to say that every mistake is unforgivable because that's just not the case but if you expect to be with someone for forever and they do something that's quote-unquote unforgivable if you hold that grudge the entire time you're with them it's just self-sabotage so you either do or you don't want to be with that person yeah it's kind of like you want it to happen again just so that you can move on right right yeah i think i've done that too like in our relationship when things have happened it was kind of like well you know I, I was afraid to move forward after that problem. So anything you want to add, Matt, before we kind of close and say goodbye besides the fact that you have to pee like a racehorse? No, no, no. I just <laughs> really want to pee. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I will talk to you guys all soon. The Imperfection Me podcast is recorded by Lauren Liz of whatisperfection.com. For more tips, tricks, tools, and resources... And a little bit more TMI, check out the website, whatisperfection.com slash join.